Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Two Spot Monkeys Live. This is Two Spot Monkeys After Dark. No, wait, that doesn't sound right. Yikes. Uh, Yikes. <laughs> uh, we're recording late at night, one night uh, this time around. I am Jim, joined as always by Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm awesome. Uh, <laughs> yes, truly after dark. Uh, it is. It is It is late night. It is getting close to the next day for Tom. Um, I got another hour because you're an hour ahead of me, but... Uh, we got a bunch of stuff to talk about, so we just thought uh, this was when it worked in our schedules. And uh, programming note as we move forward, July is always a really hard month uh, in in just life in general. So uh, there, stay tuned. There may not there, there's a possibility that there could be no two spot monkeys during the month of July. Uh, other other than this episode, because this will other than this episode because yeah, it'll this it'll drop in July, right? Yeah. Um, there's a possibility there could be an episode or two that pop up. Who knows? Uh, we don't really fully know how that's going to play out in July. Uh, rest assured, if we're not around in July other than this episode, we will be back. Um, so don't worry. And we'll try to stay communicating with uh, with Twitter and Facebook and things so that people know uh, what we're doing. And also, if we end up having to make any picks offline um, that aren't on a podcast, we'll, we'll be able to uh, let you know that we're doing that and let you know uh, how the records shake out. We'll talk about that as we move forward. But speaking of head-to-head, Tom, uh, our head-to-head, of course, always runs January to June and then July through December. So Forbidden Door was the last, uh, I was going to say episode, the last event uh, of the first half of 2022 for us. I had a three-match lead going into that show. uh, And we had it last week, if anybody remembers from listening, we had three differences on that show. Um, So Tom had a chance to tie it up. We did make a, uh, a tiebreaker pick. Uh, but it was not needed because of those three matches that we had differences on. I nailed every single one of them. So, uh, so I ended up winning uh, the head-to-head for the first half. Uh, I went nine to one on Forbidden Door. Tom went six and four. We both missed the uh, All Atlantic title match uh, with Pac winning it, and uh, so that made the final score sixty-eight and twenty-seven for me, sixty-two and thirty-three for Tom. So uh, the prize is always a a figure or a shirt or something that we want. Uh, kind of in that like 30-ish dollar range, maybe a hair more, not too much. So uh, I, I got to do some thinking about what I want, to be honest, Tom. Um, I just pre-ordered some things not long ago. Uh, so I've got the Ricky Steamboat on pre-order through Big Bad Toy Store. Uh, I've got the Bam Bam Bigelow and that Greatest Hits thing that they're releasing, uh, which is going to be the WWE Legends, which isn't the one I necessarily wanted, but I don't have a Bigelow and I want a Bigelow. Uh, so I got that on pre-order. I have the NECA ALF figure on pre-order um, because I am a child of the 80s and early 90s, and ALF was really fun. So I don't. So those are already taken care of. Um, I got a few things I'm thinking about. Uh, I, I don't know what the price point is going to be, so that will be part. But there's a uh, Super 7's putting out a really cool-looking Minoru Suzuki figure uh, that I, I will plan on having one way or the other, but um, not Super 7. Uh, Storm Collectibles is putting that out. They tend to run more in the 45 50 range, I think. So that'd be a little higher than what we usually do. So uh, we'll see what the price point comes out on that. If it falls in range, that could be it. Uh, the Darby Allen LJN is a possibility uh, style figure. So I don't know. I'm just gloating really here because I this is the first time I've won this since we started the podcast format back up um, in May of 2020. May of 2020? Yeah, I think that's when we started it back up. Um, yeah, and you, and you deserve to observe the view when you get to the mountains. So, by all means, brother, go go forth. 
And uh, I meant to uh, double check. Um, I believe when we did this as a blog back in 2014, um, we stopped after WrestleMania, so very early in the year. Um, and uh, in 2014, we were tied at 16 and 8 each uh, when we stopped doing the blog. And actually, as I'm looking down the side there, um, 2013 would be the last time I beat you, Tom, um, in this competition. Uh, after 11 shows, and that was, um, we were just picking WWE, basically, I think then maybe some Ring of Honor. Um, but I beat you 60 and 27 to 51 and 36. So that was a that was a pretty substantial win back then in 2013. But nine years later, uh, it took me nine more years to get back to the top of this mountain. So I am the Colorado Avalanche, I guess. Maybe that's what I am. It took them 20 years. But, um, no, it's and I didn't even click on the banner. Uh, I enjoy doing this head-to-head -head thing with you because it's fun, A, to talk about the matches, uh, but B, you and I are both kind of competition junkies. We like whether it's these kinds of competitions, uh, you know, fantasy football pools, um, you know, NCAA pools, uh, we've done G1 pools, we've done New Japan Cup pools. Um, it's fun to compete with you, Tom. So, well done, and uh, here we go in July. Yeah, right off the bat. And right off the bat, there looks now the three shows we'll be picking in July. We're going to pick one night with Money in the Bank, but now they've added Death Before Dishonor with Ring of Honor and, uh, and SummerSlam as well. Um, so, whew, there we go. Let's talk about Forbidden Door, though, Tom. Uh, we both watched it live. You watched it in a movie theater with uh, you and about nine of your closest friends, uh, or nine of your new closest friends. Uh, or did you say it filled in a little bit more throughout the night? No, I think by the by the end, like there was nine human beings in a very big theater. Uh, so, ironically enough, I think because I chose the best seat in the house because the theater I went to. You can purchase your tickets online. You can also purchase them in person too, but you get to kind of like look at the map on the app yep. for the theater and you're like, boop, on that seat. And I literally picked like the, all for me, it was akin to the middle seat of the entire theater. I don't know if, I don't know if geographically it was actually that, but for me it was, and it was fantastic. But then I had like two guys, two rows forward, and then one single guy, four rows ahead, and then a bunch of people around. So, yeah, I mean, it was a cool experience. I would definitely prefer to not do it by myself, uh, but I wasn't. I wasn't mad. I saved money on pay per view and free soda refills all night. Not that I needed soda, but uh, that's the problem. Running to the bathroom—that was the one downfall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little bit tougher. And then you want to get a soda refill while you're out there too, you know, or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah, where, where my bathroom is about eight steps from where I'm watching the show. Um, and no stairs up or down at that point either. And it's not dark. Um, well, that's that's cool. Yeah, I looked at the theater gimmick. Uh, gimmick? I don't know. But um, the closest one to me was about an hour and a half away from me. Uh, with the price of gas right now, I figured, you know, that's probably a wash at that point. Or pretty darn close to it. Especially if I got a pop or popcorn or anything while I was there. It's, I'd probably end up spending more money actually to go. The hour and a half away so i ordered it at home uh which was good and uh i mean you know VR, okay VR, show, right vr live vr live yep how did yep. that work i heard i heard for some people still had issues i i heard that too i've had no issues with vr live honestly the only one i did 
And actually it wasn't BR Live because it was all in. All in, I missed the pre-show, whatever they called it then, the buy-in, I think. I think it was still the buy-in then. Um, on fight, I believe all in was on fight. Um, and it didn't work for the pre-show, but it worked. It picked up right when uh, Matt Cross and, and MJF were in the ring to start off all, all in. Um, and BR Live, I, I watched the entire pre-show through the whole show. Never had an issue. Um, in fact, I even needed to uh, to pause it at one point. And it looks like with BR Live, it'll only kind of keep the last 30 minutes. But thankfully, when I paused it, it was a little less than 30 minutes that I needed to be away from the TV. So it worked out well. I, I, I did see when I was trying to get it to back up, the rewind was a little glitchy with it at first. Um, I had paused it right after the tag title match. And then, so the All-Atlantic title match was coming up. And then at one point, as I was trying to rewind, I saw Darby and uh, Shingo in the ring just before Sting uh, did his entrance. And I was like, ah, get out of here. Um, and uh, got it rewound quickly so that I didn't uh, I didn't know if they were in the ring. I now know from having seen it that it was the beginning of the match, but I didn't know if that was the end of the match you know, or what was going on. And I didn't want anything to be spoiled. I was trying to watch it, you know, even if a little behind. And then by kind of fast forwarding through it, uh, entrances a little bit and, and kind of some interview or post-match stuff that wasn't important, I got caught up again. So I was I was back to live after a while and, and watched the end of the show live. Um, man, it was a long show, but it was a good show. Um, we say this every time, I feel like, with AEW, Tom. It's a freaking long show. Yeah, and I, I'll say this. The plus for me at the theater was I don't get too comfortable. So, like, even if it is a long show, I'm granted caffeinated soda was helpful. But, uh, like, if I'm at home, I'm, I get comfortable. My, my brother would tell you that he, when we watched uh, Double or Nothing, I was dozing off towards the end. Because, again, that was even longer, right, because of the whole punk page after the seven, seven, right. Game seven. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, um, I wasn't drowsy at all at the movie theater. Again, granted a little bit shorter of a show, but again, not, not, not my coach with a blanket on my lap. Grandpa Tom. Right. <laughs> Grandpa Tom. That's right. Grandpa sleepy Tom here on the late night, uh, two spot monkeys. Um, no, and that, that is a real thing. I mean, I was sitting in my recliner down in my man cave and, um, granted, the recliner in my man cave, not as comfy as the recliner in the living room, uh, but comfy enough. And uh, yeah, it, there there were times where I can catch myself just kind of, and it's not that it's not exciting. It's just, man, it's been a long time. It's been a long show. And I watched, you didn't get a chance to see the pre-show live anyways, I know, because you couldn't get into the theater until 15 minutes before showtime, which they got to fix that. You should be able to watch the pre-show at the theater. For 25 bucks, you should be able to see the whole thing. Yeah, it was really it was really weird, and I don't know if the guy that I was that I the ticket scanner guy just didn't know because I waited. I didn't wait until quarter two. I actually waited until twenty two, and then I was able to get in. But people were already in there when I got in there. How how much longer they were before I was, I don't know. I did I did see the end of the Swerve in their glory match, and then I did see the like the main event of the. The oh, so they they yeah. showed the pre-show. They yeah, it was on when I walked in. Or whether they whether they showed the whole thing or not, I don't know. Like they, for, all, for all I know, they could have started at seven thirty. Um, but yeah, weird. Okay, um, yeah. So I watched the whole pre-show and then watched the whole show, and so long, long day, long night. But uh, really good, really good. We're not going to run down every match because we've got 
um, plenty of other things we want to make sure we hit on to tonight uh, or whenever you're listening to this. Uh, but I was just going to pull up the results here quick just so that if there's anything, you know, we want to hit on. Yeah, the pre-show was what the pre-show was. I didn't think that was. It's fine. It was fine. Like I said last time, I for me, the pre-show isn't super important because I already have made the decision at that point that I'm ordering the show. Or if I was watching it on YouTube and wasn't ordering it, chances are nothing that's going to happen on that pre-show is going to make me change my mind anyways. Um, I will have already made up my mind based on probably other factors, whether it's the card, could be finances, whatever that might be. Um, I, I know the pre-show is designed to get people to order it. I just don't know how much of that actually happens. Maybe I'm totally jaded on that. Uh, early things in the the show, Tom. I would I I thought the one two punch of the six man, the winning team getting the advantage of blood guts, and then the IWGP uh, tag match, even with Dax Harwood getting injured, which I wondered if that was going to hose me out of getting my win from FTR there for a minute. Um, I thought that was an amazing one two punch to start the show with. It was, and um, I think we, we I think we said we were going to kind of do like like three big things that are our takeaway. I'm gonna start yeah. if that's okay, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna use that first match to to be my first big thing. Um, Shota Umino and Clark Connors, holy smokes, they they stepped up and they shined in their spots. I actually can't wait to see Shota Umino again. I know he was, if I recall right, he did an excursion in the UK and then he was here for this. I was really hopeful he was gonna stick around for a while. I don't I don't know what comes next. He clearly is. Not a young lion because it's his own gear and his own flair, but that's someone I'm really looking forward to seeing in the future. I had a really stupid moment after the fireball spot later in the night where I was like, oh, "Okay, we're getting Jericho Umino on on Dynamite on Wednesday." Well, no, Jericho was a little busy with blood and guts, um, but yeah, obviously we're getting that at some point again in the future. Yeah, I thought they were both really good too. Any, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, no, I, I, I finished my statement. Yeah, just really, I thought both of those guys really delivered. Clark, Clark Connors, maybe more so, um, because I think that he was a late sub in for Ishii. Uh, but man, Umino, and especially with the backstory, of course, because Jericho attacked him when he was a young boy in Japan, like years ago, right? So I think it was like, was it 17, maybe? And he had kind of a relationship with Moxley there for a little while in New Japan. Yeah. Um, and and I, I can't help but think, had Punk not gotten hurt, it's probably not Wheeler Yuta in this match. It's probably Mox, Kingston, and Umino. Um, that just seems to make sense. Um, you know, Kingston calls in his buddy. And it's, again, it's towards blood and guts and all of that, so. Uh, my, my first big thing, uh, you know, I kind of hinted at it maybe in saying the little one-two punch, but I can honestly say right now, FTR, easily my favorite tag team in wrestling, currently going right now. And if they're not the best tag team in the world right now, I, they have to be in the conversation. They are so on right now and clicking I mean, they freaking teamed with Danhausen on Wednesday night, and I loved it. Like, they can do no wrong right now in my eyes, and and clearly in in the Booker's eyes and the fans' eyes, um, the FTR pop is a real thing right now. I mean, that music hits and fans go nuts. Um, 
they were phenomenal. Everybody held their own in that match. I thought Rapungi Vice was really good. I thought um, Okan has a ton more charisma than he did when he first came in. Um, and I, of course, haven't seen a lot of New Japan, so I haven't seen the, uh, what do I want to say, the growth of Great Okan. Um, he's he's at least decent in the ring. I won't say he's great, but he's not, he's not a liability um, in the ring. Cobb can carry that team, no problem, when he needs to, but Okan does fine. And he's got a ton of charisma. I saw um, he put up a, I don't know if it's Twitter or Instagram, where a post how he was sad about the loss. So he went and found himself three Japanese porn stars and spent the night with them. And he's picturing him with these, you know, three girls all kissing him on the cheek and whatever. And I'm like, dude's living his best life right now, whatever. Um, I have no idea if they actually were adult actresses or not. But, um, he's got a ton of charisma. He's got, you know, a good look, certainly a good look, even if JR doesn't know who he is. Um, but FTR just, they blow me away every time they come out. I think, early prediction, I think they beat the Young Bucks at all in, or at all out, and take the AEW tag titles and have all four of the titles that they have right now. And I don't know, maybe they'll go to Revolver and win some titles. Maybe they'll go to Warrior Wrestling doesn't have tag titles, I don't think. Maybe they'll invent some and give them to them too, and uh, I don't know where else they're going to win tag titles right now, but holy smokes, um, they're on fire. Yeah, and so the question for me is, you know, especially now with the Ring of Honor pay-per-view being added, who do they defend against in Ring of Honor? You know, that's that's a there's a big question there, and it, it's an exciting question because I'll agree with you. I do think that they are clearly the best tag team in the world right now, um, and they're they're. I don't want to say they're punching above their weight class because that would be an under, that would be underselling their talent. But they are they are, they're literally every time they're stepping into the batter's box, they are hitting it out of the park. It's just so good. My fear is it's Khan and Toa Leona, but I think you have to get a Ring of Honor TV show going and build those guys. I think you could build to that match, but I don't know. They seem to want to do something with Tully Blanchard Enterprises, and I like that they gave them a promo here. On Rampage, I think it was last week. But yeah, we um, Rampage. You know, and, and I have a sneaky hunch Brian Cage maybe gets the Ring of Honor world title shot at Death Before Dishonor too. Um, I don't know. Because well, it sounded like, it. yeah, it sounded like um, Gresham and Moriarty versus who? I'm, I'm I'm having a moment. They they had a promo with someone who, but it was it seemed like it was Ring of Honor centric. Was it? Was it? Yes. Tully, it was Tully Blanchard's enterprise because oh, it was yeah, Tully. Yeah, yeah. So, Tully was yeah. basically saying Cage, you know, should get or somebody from Tully Blanchard Enterprises should get the shot, and then Moriarty was saying, no, I should get a shot. Now, does Lee Moriarty join Tully Blanchard Enterprises? I think that's the thing we could think about. But this isn't the Ring of Honor podcast right now. Um, but yeah, I, as we get towards Death Before Dishonor, I think it's going to be interesting to see how do they build it, and is this a launching point for whatever TV or YouTube or whatever streaming or whatever that becomes for Ring of Honor. I hope Death Before Dishonor becomes the launching point for that, not just another Supercard of Honor-ish standalone show that means something and yet doesn't, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, What was your second big thing, Tom? Yeah, my second big thing um, was just the overall quality of the entire show. Man, I, I remember all out last September thinking how amazing that night was. And how it would be hard for AEW to probably do that again in the next year. And less than a year, they've done that. And especially because I know that I was 
if it wasn't overly clear here, I know in other places I was discussing this show, a little underwhelmed with how it all came together up until about the last week. But then this event was so good. Beginning to end, no no dead spots at all for me in my viewing and just loaded with talent and just a memorable night of wrestling across the board. Yeah, totally agreed. Um, I was with you on the build. I, it was kind of chaotic, I think was the word you used. And I think that was a good word for it. Um, but it, it delivered in the end. Uh, for me, uh, and I'm going to go with one that I, on this podcast last week, said I wasn't super excited about. Will Ospreay and Orange Cassidy tore the friggin' house down. They were great. Um, I think it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see where they both go. You know, Cassidy had a match on Dynamite. Um you know, Osprey is going to go back to, to New Japan and do his thing. Um, Kenny Omega had an interview with uh, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful last week, uh, where he was talking about Forbidden Door a little bit. He was talking about the AEW video game. Kenny Omega is a smart guy, so he leaned into um, talking about how Will Osprey is kind of the new, thinks he's the best bout machine like Kenny used to be, um, but how his five-star matches are very different than Kenny's, and nobody remembers him after a week, and... Um, kind of dogging Will Ospreay a little, but then kept saying, oh, geez, you're going to get me in trouble. You know, you're, oh, I, I just, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that, you know, but Kenny's not a dumb guy. He knew what he was doing. So A, that tells me that Kenny Omega probably coming back sooner rather than later. I was a little surprised actually that he didn't maybe walk out during Forbidden Door at some point. Um, and, and B, I think it's building towards Kenny and Will Ospreay, which signed me up. I'm in for that one. So good. So good. I me up for that. I don't know if they've wrestled before. I'd have to, you know, look that up. But even if they have, don't care. I'd watch it again in a heartbeat. Um, don't know that I would have seen it the first time. Uh, my So that was my second big thing. What was your third thing, Tom? Yeah. On my third thing, um, I'm going to say Pac winning the, uh, the title. Uh, that was a nice surprise. In a way, I'm wondering if that's a um, – I don't want to call it like a, a lifetime achievement award because he certainly isn't done. Right. But like, it seems it's everything seemed to be that Miro was the right fit with how he's come back and what he's done, but Pac getting it instead um, seemed like a, a loyalty reward. Not that he's not deserving. I don't want that to come across like that. Um, and I love that the way it played out, he now has some built in challengers who could easily unseat him whenever or however that might come together. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was surprised. And yet, if you would have asked me a second pick, like if we couldn't pick the same guy for whatever reason, like if that was a rule we had, and you would pick Miro and I had to pick a second guy, he would have been my number two pick. As much as I love Malachi Black, I just didn't see that fitting. Um, and when we picked, Ishii was still, I believe, yeah, in that yeah, match. He was. Um, and, and I wouldn't have picked Ishii, and I wouldn't have picked Connors either. Um, I would have picked Ishii before I would have picked Connors, to be honest. And Connors had me believing he could win that match once or twice. There were there was a moment or two where I was like, holy crap, are they going to do that? Um, so, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. My, my third big thing is, I mean, it's Claudio. Um, I was thrilled to see him finally again. He looked fan-freaking-tastic. He and Sabre had a great match. He looked fantastic last night. Wednesday night, uh, we're going to talk about that in a minute here on Dynamite. Um, 
I, I thought that was all really well done. We're going to talk about that in a second. Um, that dude is a star, and he's been a star for a long time. And WWE couldn't figure it out. I hope AEW doesn't fall into the trap that they've done with some ex-WWE guys. Not all. Ryan Danielson's fine. John Moxley's fine. Adam Cole's been booked pretty well until lately, but he's been dealing with some injuries, and I honestly think they're not. I think they don't know quite what to do with Undisputed Era until Kenny gets back, because clearly they want to get to Undisputed Era versus the Elite, and they just can't do that until Kenny gets back. Um, so I think they are in a little bit of a holding pattern. I feel like they're. But there have been WWE folks who have come over and and you know they're the flavor of the month for a week or two, and then they kind of fade into the background and are lower on the card than maybe I think they could be. Maybe they'll eventually build up their swerve. Keith Lee, Athena um, is in a weird spot already. I feel like, um, although featured, still just strange to me. Um, the number of folks. So I, I hope that doesn't happen. I think with putting him right into Blackpool Combat Club, that won't happen. Essentially, right now, he's kind of taking the Brian Danielson spot in there. I know Danielson's still in the group, but Danielson's out for some undetermined length of time. So now you've got three people in that group still who can who can do their thing. Um, actually, so so you'll laugh at me about this, Tom. Uh, we just recently conducted our wrestling draft for our Fantasy Wrestling League for the second half of the season. Very much like our head-to-head here, we do two half seasons. Um, I had picked up Cesaro back then. Um, a while ago in, in our current season that ends here tonight, actually. Um, so I got some points for him. Great, wonderful. Uh, but I had not kept him. We get two keepers, and I had uh, two others. I kept CM Punk and, and Drew McIntyre. And uh, so I had to let him go back into the draft pool. And I actually went to our, our thread for the new season that starts July 1st. And I was like, so who got Claudio? I was like, oh, wait, <laughs> I did. I drafted him again. I forgot that I had drafted him. So I was thrilled when I saw that I had him because I was like, oh, somebody's going to get a really, you know, probably, and I'll have to, I'd have to look back at when I drafted him, you know, didn't take him as high as he would have gone had we been doing that draft this week now mm, with absolutely. him in AEW. So it could be a great value pick for me. And I was just surprised myself that I did that. But uh, there he is. He's sitting on my roster. So, um, yeah. Claudio, I was super excited for him. Yeah, and as we wrap up talking about this show for AEW, we're going to transition and still talk about AEW. We're about 64 days from All Out. So just when you thought we had, you know, double or nothing, and then 30 days later, roughly, this show, you now have double that time, but not much more than that for arguably the WrestleMania event for AEW. So I can't wait. I'm loving I'm loving what AEW's putting out right now. So sign and me on. That's gonna be a crazy weekend of wrestling. Yeah. Because you've got all out, you've got Clash at the Castle, you know GCW is gonna throw some stuff. Maybe there's a star cast, I don't know. Um there's gonna be a ton of wrestling that weekend. Um it's gonna be kind of WrestleMania part two, I think almost uh becomes. So well Tom. Moving forward to last night's AEW show, unless there's anything else you want to touch on on Forbidden Door. Yeah, um, we, we could talk so much more, but I think we hit right. the big things with our three big things. And I like crazy that, that we had six big things and neither one of us touched on the two main title matches, but I thought they were both good. Yep. Um, yeah. And not shocking in any way. We both had, well, we were different on our AEW interim title match pick, but we really weren't. You just did that because you had to in the competition sense. So, um, you know, we were both both right on that really in the long run 
Um, you actually were at AEW Live last night, which was your first AEW show, if I am right. Um, Correct. So it's Dynamite and Rampage, and it was blood and guts. So it wasn't even just like, I don't want to say a regular Dynamite, but this was a big Dynamite. It was a big and, two rings. AEW Dark Elevation, lest you forget. Oh, and Dark Elevation. I forget that gets prior to Dynamite, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. So, and they usually knock out about six matches there. Yeah, I feel like that's about six or seven last night. Yeah. Wow. Um, anybody of note, like obviously they're the AW stars, but anybody like free agent or, you know, was it like, was there a Nick Wayne or a Jordan Oliver? I doubt it. But, um, no. Anybody interesting on the Dark Elevation show that you didn't expect to see? Not, not from, not for what I would say. Um, there were there was some lo- local talent, which I think is a norm when you know. Yeah. When, but other than that, no, nothing that someone is going to tune in next Monday or Tuesday whenever they air Dark Monday, Elevation yeah, that's Monday. <laughs> and go, oh wow! So I was surprised on Dark this week. Jake something had a match. Um, I was like, oh, I mean, I kind of knew they were taking a look at him. And so, and I guess I had heard that he was at the dark tapings because they do those in Orlando. Orlando? Sorry, I think so. Um, and, uh, but I had forgotten that he had had a match there. And so when I was scoring it for our, for our fantasy wrestling, I was like, oh, yeah, Jake something. Oh, there's somebody they could. Jake something versus Luchasaurus. Hmm. Anyways. Um, so let you kind of take the lead on this both to talk about dynamite and you can pitch to me whatever questions you want to but you were there live what was the atmosphere what was the this was the first big wrestling show i think you've been to since the pandemic i mean you've done the indie you've done some gcw and warrior but was yeah, this the first big national show i don't think you've been to a wwe have you i so the last time i went to a big televised show was uh raw and I want to say it was raw January of 19. Okay. So, so quite a while ago. Um, I want to say actually, um, I want to say that Bobby Roode, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable won the tag titles from FTR or the revival oh, wow. at the time. And I'd, 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 I'd have to go back. It, um, it was the build, it was the build to WrestleMania where, where Ronda won the belt. If I'm if I'm recalling history correctly, I didn't. Again, you know us here on Who's Spot Monkeys, we love to, you know, source our data and and come with the facts. But no, I'll just uh, pretend that I think I know what I'm talking about. Um, but no, so so yes, so first first major arena show um, in quite some time since the pandemic for sure. They ran Little Caesars Arena, which is in downtown Detroit, uh, home to the Detroit Pistons, home to the Detroit Red, Red Wings. Uh, really big, really beautiful venue, relatively new. I think like less than less than five years old for sure. Um, probably less than three years old when I when I think about it. Um, I had seen Helena Cell back at uh, back here, so that was that was no, it must have been January of twenty for the Raw. I don't know. Again, I'm forgetting. I I saw Helena Cell twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen here at the same venue. Um, but totally different. WWE and AEW, as, as you might imagine, are definitely not the same, other than their fact that they are pro wrestling and they are televised. The atmosphere was great. The, the, the energy in the building was great. I've talked to a couple people today who thought, who've been to AEW before, and they thought the crowd was one of the best ones they've been a part of when they've seen AEW live. 
again, I didn't have that context or point of reference. So that was great to hear because I thought it was a great, great atmosphere. Um, Tony Khan comes out a number of times. I don't know if this is normal or this is just last night, um, but he, he, he interacts with the crowd, you know, um, which is, is like, I, I can take it and I can leave it you know, on one hand, right? Because like, you're, you're the owner, you're the booker. Do you need to be like so friendly? There's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a good thing, right? It's customer service. But you know, should you stay? Should you stay behind the curtain? You know, you're the wizard. Stay behind the Wizard of Oz or the Wizard of AEW. Uh, stay behind the curtain there. Don't don't give up the mystique. But he comes out and he interacts, and a number of times he's hyping up the crowd. And he's like, I can't, I couldn't wait to be here. This is this is this is what we've been waiting for, and I'm so gl- glad we're giving you blood and guts and even after uh, Dynamite and Blood and Guts, he's like, he's like, you guys have been great all night, but now we're taping Rampage, so I need you to bring that energy. Um, not that we were not bringing the energy collectively, because some people did leave after Dynamite. It was a longer night, um, but he wants he wants his televised product and the crowd in, to react to stuff. So, so, the, so that was that was fun. That was interesting. You know, I've never been at a show where you had like Vince McMahon or or Paul Heyman come out and go and go. All right, fans. Uh, get excited now because we're gonna be taping 205 live, you know. So uh, that that was an interesting thing. Uh, I already watched today as well the TV recording of of Dynamite and Blood and Guts. Everything that you saw on TV, except for one promo, I saw live. So that was pretty awesome. There was nothing that didn't air, save for the Wardlow and Scorpio Sky backstage segment um, that, that fans in the arena did not see last night. Everything else you saw. My only criticism would be the mics seemed to be spotty at times. So hearing, hearing promos, um, hearing the acclaimed rap when they came out was was... Again, it doesn't come across like that on TV at all. It's clear as day. But in in the in the in the venue, it was sometimes a little bit hit or miss. I don't know if that's where I was sitting. I was in the mezzanine level, so I wasn't on the floor. I wasn't in the 100 level. But between the 100 level and the 200 level, there's like a mezzanine, and it's kind of like a very tiny section. Um, and I had great I had great seats. I was just off of the second ring. So if you looked at it from the hard camera. Um, the, the, the ring where Jericho Appreciation Society waited outside of before they came in, I was off of that corner, but elevated. So I could see right down. Um, and it was great. Um, but yeah, the whole night was great. The, it, it was a fast paced, um, like dynamite went quick. Like sometimes when I'm watching dynamite live, I feel like it's a long two hours being there live. It did not feel like a long two hours at all. Well, and since the main event had an hour, um, I know as I watched it this morning, um, and they said up next blood, you know, blood and guts. The match is up next. I was like, already, um, but I mean, you need that when you've got twelve guys and you got you know intervals of them coming in and all of that sort of stuff. And then of course, you know, you've got excuse me the the entrances. You've got the match is going to take some time once all twelve are in the match. It makes sense. He wants them. There was. It almost felt like maybe it ended a hair earlier than they timed because I felt like they were standing there celebrating and uh, the announcers were running down everything else that was coming up, you know, over the next few weeks. 
longer than felt comfortable at the end of the show a little bit. Um, so I almost wonder if it just timing wise ended a hair earlier than they anticipated and they're on TV, not pay-per-view. So they got to fill that time. Um, I thought the ending of blood and guts, um, and I know I'm jumping all the way to the end was phenomenally done. Um, loved the ending. At first I was like, are they going to, and it, you know, brain kick in work, you know, I thought they were going to have Jericho tap. And I'm like, if Jericho taps and Matt Menard doesn't tap, like, are we going to play off that Matt Menard is somehow tougher than Chris Jericho? Like, what are we doing? And then right as Menard tapped, I was like, no, there's the story. Yeah. Claudio took it from Eddie, you know, because Claudio is a glory hound or whatever you want to say. And, and Eddie sold it so well. And he, he was banged up, it seemed like, there at the end of the match. In fact, Claudio came over to him at one time. I don't know if you caught it on the TV. I'm sure it wasn't noticeable live. Um, but said something to him. And Eddie said, no, I can't get up right now, but I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, no. I, I see him say that. So at Little Caesars Arena, above where the double cage was, there's a huge um, like video screen. And it's, okay. and, it's, and it's four corners. And then depending on where you're sitting, if you're on the floor, you can actually see inside of it. And you're seeing like what what would be on the main screen so it's pretty it's pretty sweet it's a double-sided and but it's not like double-sided inverse it's like what you would want to see so i saw that both live because it had the hard cam on the screen okay and and then i saw it today with and again the only difference again when you're live is you don't have the commentary right when you're in person no commentary so you're the story the 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 greater story I, i i knew the story i could follow the story of the match the greater story is how, is why you have commentary. So it was great to watch it back today. And again, it went, it went by quick when I watched it today. I didn't fast forward a single thing. Um, and I was also looking to see if they showed stuff that we didn't see live. But again, other than that one promo between Scorpio and Wardlow, it was, you know, straight away. Um, and it was great. Um, I, I definitely will go back to AEW. I'm so upset. I know we talked about it here. They're coming to my hometown. I won't be able to go because we're going to be camping. Um, this makes me want to go so much more. Uh, because How far away are you camping? Up, up north, up, so uh, three hours away. And and, and that would be noticeable if you snuck out. Okay. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, that's not impossible. <laughs> not, not not even possible. Um, but however, Tony Khan, you know, said we're, Detroit will be back. You know, I definitely want to want to come back. You know, the, you were such a great crowd. I would love to do a pay per view here. Now again, is that hyperbole? Does that does every crowd that's good on a Wednesday night get that, or w- was the crowd last night the thirteen thousand plus, whatever the final number is? You know, did did they justify that? You know, and and I would say that the venue definitely was not a sellout. Um, there were like in the, in the upper upper tier, there was a lot of seats uh, opposite of the hard cam that were black uh blanked out and then there were seats that were just above the entrance way um like the upper bowl level that were sporadically filled and i wonder if because of production those were the last ones to go on sale um so just and again i don't know what i don't know so just from an observational standpoint it was very full in the spots that you wanted it to be full and, you know, you were hopeful, I know, to get some uh, New Japan representation uh, in Detroit. And you end up getting a little bit of it. 
Um, I don't know that it's necessarily the guys you were most wanting to see, but you got Goto and Yoshihashi who will be on Rampage against the Bucks. I'm, I'm sure that will be a fine match. I haven't, you've seen it. I haven't. Um, but uh, I, I chuckled when I heard that because I was like, well, he got some New Japan guys, but uh, I don't know if that's who Tom was hoping for. Yeah, the Bucks said the Forbidden Door was still cracked open. Well, I wish it was more than a crack, but <laughs> right. no, no, no complaints in the end. Yeah, I. Uh, was it you that said, or somewhere I heard, and this was before Hiromu uh, had his his fever and wasn't able to travel over for the show. Uh, but somebody said, you know, if Hiromu and Shingo could end up getting a match with Young Bucks, you know, in the next week while they're still here, like, wouldn't that be cool? That would have been a lot cooler than Goto and Yashahashi, I got to admit. But That might have been me. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I say. I better, I better go listen to last week's episode. That's right. It sounds like something you would have said. Um, anything else from Dynamite or... I, I thought they did a nice job following up on most of the stories. Obviously, some of them, when you've got an hour-long blood and guts match, you know, they couldn't follow up on everything. They couldn't follow up on Rose's win. They couldn't follow up on, um, you know, some of the other things that happened at at Forbidden Door. But they've got Rampage and then next week, and they'll, yeah, they'll it, get yeah. a lot of that. It, if, out. if you didn't have blood blood and guts last night, then I think you would have had more of the follow up from the major stuff from Forbidden Door. Again, they gave you the best that they could give you. And hope and hopefully, if you're a true fan, I think, then you want more and you can't wait to tune in next week. Like like a good example is like I didn't I got the graphic late in the show that it was gonna be Wardlow Scorpio next week, but until I saw the promo today, I didn't understand the why. But then I was like, Oh, well, we're not getting Wardlow live. Like that's kind of a missing piece. Um so I, I'll have to say this. Um it's it's not a spoiler. Um, but I was really looking for the Hook's entrance. There, there is no proper entrance for Hook on anything that was taped last night, but they, they, they do a cool thing when Rampage was done taping, like a send-off, like a kind of like a, a fun, like, let's have the fans have fun. And Hook came out as part of a bigger thing. Um, but, like, it was just him coming out like dapping people up and then leaving, and very, very, very much hook, like very much his personality. So yeah, it was cool. The one thing I think I would have changed on Dynamite, to be honest, I'm interested in the whole Christian Cage Luchasaurus teaming thing. Like I'm good with that. Obviously, that's going to lead towards things with Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy's dealing with an injury right now. I don't think it's anything major from what I picked up from Shonda and Seth and others. So I understand you're building towards that. I think you could have held that off a week because that wasn't anything from Forbidden Door. I would have had Pac live on the show. Um, your first All-Atlantic champion, I would have made that a bigger deal and maybe push the Christian Luchasaurus to Rampage or even to next week Dynamite. That can wait a week because you've got time to build that, especially if Jungle Boy is going to miss a few more weeks or anything like that. Um, I liked what they did with Luchasaurus. I liked that the mask is black. I liked a lot of the presentation stuff and him as a killer monster heel. I think could be very interesting, but you could have waited a week on it. I, you know, I would have gotten Pac on the show somewhere. And and this is a good example of they did something so subtly to to make him heal. Like we don't know that he's actually a heel, other than like you you're making that presumption because he's associated with Christian Cage and he now has a black mask. It's the same thing they did with FTR, but opposite. FTR never came right out and said we're baby faces. 
They just had a slight shift in how they were presenting themselves. Right. And here we are. The, the one change I would make, um, I don't know how it came across live and, and you can see it on the screen. The Luchasaurus half snapmare and then grab a nerve hold, which just looked like he put his hand on uh, Serpentico's shoulder. Like it looked like maybe he was giving a little little shoulder <laughs> rub. Like maybe we could come up with something that looked a little more devastating than that, or, or or sell it a little better or something. I don't know. It did not look like a finisher to me. And then when they were like, "Oh, it's so devastating," I was like, "Needs work." Okay, that's sorry. Right. It's week one. Needs work. And we didn't talk about Christian Cage's promo last week when we were pro- previewing Double or, or Forbidden Door, excuse me, <laughs> and then doing our picks. That was fantastic. And it continue and even in a small dose this week. It continues on. He is literally going to make people pay to see him get his butt kicked by Jungle Boy, and that is that's a true professional. That's why that's why Christian's a Hall of Famer. If they can hold that match off till all out, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, and with Luchasaurus in there, I think you can. I think you can you can push that out. Um, and again, depending on I, like I said, Jungle Boy apparently dealing with a little bit of an injury, um, which they can obviously blame on Christian. So. Even like never good to get hurt, but hey, if you can work into the story, even better. Like chicken salad out of chicken stuff. So absolutely. Well, moving on from AEW, uh, so that we don't totally burn the midnight oil here. Uh, you literally in the last hour and a half got back from GCW's uh, Dead on Arrival in Detroit, doing your first double double shot. Uh, first AEW GCW double shot ever in your entire life. Um, but uh, GCW Live, your second GCW show? Yeah, a second in two months. In two months. Um, so a uh, little different show, not as many name talents, I feel like, as the last show maybe you went to. I feel like that's true. Oh, that's um, 100% true. Yeah. Yeah, but, the, la- uh, the, la- the last show had yeah, last show had Minoru Suzuki, Two Cold Scorpio, the Briscoes, just to name, you know, oh, that's right. really recognizable names. You had the uh, the the scaffold thing. Yeah, high incident match. High yep. incident, thank you. I couldn't Absolutely. come up with that either. No, it's all uh, good. So yeah, so and, how was it? Yeah, no, tonight was a lot of fun. Um, it was really the tale of two shows, uh, or two two cards, if you will. Like the undercard pre intermission was really in ring wrestling centric leading up to kind of what would be the first half main event, which was a wild brawl and had weaponry, but not a death match. And, and then after intermission, it was four consecutive death matches, one of which had an incredibly scary spot um, and wasn't a spot. It was literally an accident uh, or a really bad decision making on the part of Slade. And then, and then again, just, that's a lot of deathmatch back to back to back to back. They were all different. So so that was good. So kudos to the performers because they did enough to make them not feel the same. And they, like it was overkill. Uh, but again, I think, and again, I'm not a deathmatch fan. Like that's not like high on my list. Did I enjoy myself tonight? I was front row. I got a nick on my leg from a piece of light tube that shattered and shot into the crowd. So that's all I got. There were other people. There are other people who, favor? who are bleeding a lot more. Will you do me a favor? When you explain that to your wife, will you video that, please? I, I, it's, it's it's small enough of a nick that you wouldn't be able to tell. It's kind of like if you were like, I don't I don't know, like you, 
I, I can't give you a good example, but you, sometimes you just you brush up against something and you bump yourself and you're like, oh, I got a bruise there. It's, it's akin to that, but it's less than that because a bruise is more noticeable. But yeah, like, and it was funny because I felt it hit my leg and then I looked down, I was like, oh, okay, I'm not bleeding. Because literally there were fans in the crowd who were getting hit with shards of light tube and they were bleeding. There was, a, there was this guy who like was literally in like every, um, every entrance, he was dancing tonight. And at one point he had three spots of blood on his face from small little nicks that he had received. Now he was very close to the ring and very inebriated. So those things are factors in, in the situation too. Um, so if anyone watched it, I'm sure you know what, who I'm talking about. Um, I digress. Like I'm not, I didn't, I didn't, blood wasn't trickling down anywhere on my being. So, um, so, so, so yes, why well, I, well, I won't, I won't need to have to explain that to my wife, thankfully. Um, but yeah, so I was just having a moment in my head imagining that like you did what and you yeah. got how, why were you bleeding? Yeah, precisely. Precisely. Well, so first and foremost, like uh, Hoodfoot and Slade was the first death match post intermission and right in the first three minutes of the match, they, they, they break light tubes and, and they're like jabbing each other with them. Well, Slade jabs Hoodfoot and slices his bicep right open. And, it, and immediately, it's like a, a waterfall of blood. And, and, and Hoodfoot like, is kind of slouched on the mat against the ropes. And he turns towards where we were sitting. We were opposite the hard cam. And I, I just I knew it was bad from the start. And then, and then you saw it and you were like, oh, my gosh, that's really bad. So thankfully, the referee tried to tape it, um, and Slade continued to try to interact with him and, and do more spots, even so much where he like was jabbing a light tube on top of Hoodfoot's head. And Brett Lauderdale, the owner of GCW, came out and like came around and, and saw it and he said, "Nope, we're calling the match off." And like in the ring, the bell, and they said by referee, referee stoppage, Slade's the winner. Um, it took the mood down for a second because you literally were concerned. Um, for Hoodfoot, uh, Brett Lauderdale tweeted out, "He's okay. He's he wanted to actually go back out and continue the match. Better judgment resided in that space, and he went to the hospital and got stitched up. Um, he's supposed to continue working the 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 three other shots that GCW has this weekend. Um, I think I, I know he's announced for at least one or two of them. Whether he makes those shots or not, hope he gets paid for them. I don't know that he can be in the ring. So." And he's he he was at the first GCW show I was at in April, so just less than two months ago, or just a hair over two months ago. He was amazing then. I know he would have been amazing tonight had that not happened. The crazy part is literally they 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 moved right into another death match, which actually was the was the best death match of the night. It was Shane Mercer, who doesn't he's really talented. And he's and he's got a good build. He could really be used in a different capacity. Why he's in this I don't want to say he's in a box, but why he chooses to do death matches is a very interesting idea. Um, that's his prerogative. I think he probably could be used as a wrestler differently. I feel like there was at one point where he was either being used by Evolve or was gonna get used by Evolve. And whether that whether that actually materialized or became more, you know, Evolve used him at least some. Yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder what what didn't happen to keep that going, um, that tra trajectory for him. He fought Akira, and Akira was really, really good. They actually both 
it was that that match had a lot of creative spots, a lot of blood. Um, if you haven't seen, I posted a clip of it um, right when we got a uh, light team shattered towards us. Um, check it out on our friends group. Um, I did see that, yeah. Okay, so that was just that was crazy. Um, and yeah, so like of, of the second half, that was the highlight, and there were two more matches that came after that. So just a lot of a lot of a lot of violence. Um, and again, not not my first cup of tea, but it was it was an atmosphere, and it was definitely different. Because again, at the last GCW show I went to, I was standing room only GA in a much larger venue. This was a more intimate, smaller venue, and I was front row, so a little bit different vibe. Um, on the first half of the show, um, I, I joked with the people I was sitting with when Alex Shelley, Nick Wayne, and Jordan Oliver came out. I said, "All right, here's the main event," because I that to me that was like that was the the match that really was what I was e- eager for. And, and all three guys delivered. It was so, 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 so good. And after the match, they teased Shelly and Saban, Motor City Machine Guns against Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver uh, at some point in the future, ideally in GCW, ideally in Detroit. Um, Alex Shelley pretty much almost guaranteed it. Now, whether he has that control, whether that whether Brett Lauderdale has that in the pipeline, um, or whether it's just like a pipe dream, and... It's something to tease the fans out. Um, if that match does come together, I definitely want to be there. I, d- I definitely want to go back to GCW no matter what. Uh, but if that tag match materializes, that would be sick. I mean, it sounds good. I, I've been impressed. The pieces I've seen of Nick Wayne, Jordan Oliver. Um, and I mean, yeah, the machine guns are... The machine guns. So. Jordan Oliver was in a scramble at the first GCW show I saw. So tonight was more seeing him in a different environment and with maybe higher caliber talent. Sure. Uh, and, and and so his stock rose in my eyes tonight, which is pretty cool. Well, anything else on GCW? I'm not really sure how to go from death matches to money in the bank, but we're going to try to make that swap here. Yep. Cha-ching. Right. Uh, so Money in the Bank is uh, this Saturday night, uh, not Sunday. It's Saturday. Uh, I think I'm going to be able to see it live. I don't really know our weekend plans yet. If not, I'll watch it on Sunday sometime or over the holiday weekend or something. Uh, are you planning on watching Money in the Bank, Tom? Probably not live, uh, but yes, sometime over Saturday, Sunday maybe bleeding into Monday before the festivities start. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, we're going to make our head-to-head picks here. There are six matches for us to pick. Uh, we didn't really talk about who would pick first, but I feel like since I won uh, last half, you should probably get the first pick. Does that seem to make the most sense? Sounds great to me. Yeah. So uh, the first match we're going to pick, and again, it feels really awkward to go from death matches to this, but um, but here we are. He's You're getting every every flavor under the rainbow tonight here. Okay. On, or There's today. a lot of them this show, too. Sometimes yeah. our shows are very uh, one-company-centric, uh, depending on what we have to talk about in time and all of that sort of thing. And, I mean, we've had an awful lot of different things tonight. It was fun. Um, and here we go with WWE. Uh, the U.S. title match is our first match for you to pick. Theory defends against Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I'm excited for this. I like the few that they've been building. Uh, I... I it seems a little weird that Bobby Lashley would challenge and not win the title, but I don't think that this is the spot for Theory to lose. Um, 
Now, whether that means he wins or not, I'm going to talk myself into a circle. So this is going to sound really bad. Uh, I could see Bobby Lashley winning, but not winning the title because then there's motivation for a rematch at SummerSlam, which should make a lot more sense if they are going to move the belt. Again, I don't know that they need to. Like Bobby Lashley putting over Theory could help Theory in the long run. The question becomes, what do you do next with Lashley? I think Lashley wants to be in the title mix. So how do you have him not win the U.S. title and move on to potentially being a Roman Reigns challenger in the next, we'll say, three to six months? I think Theory retains the title, but Bobby Lashley wins probably by DQ. So Lashley's my pick. I'm torn here. Everything you just said makes a lot of sense with one change for me. I think SummerSlam is Theory versus John Cena. That seems to be what they've been hinting at. There was a little bit of interaction on Monday. And my question becomes, does Theory need the U.S. title in that match? Because I don't, A, I don't think Theory's beaten John Cena. And I don't know that you want to put the U.S. title on John Cena. Again, unless you're going to have him for a little bit, and unless maybe it's that he drops it back to Theory and you do get him. I just don't think Theory beats him the first time out the gate. I could be totally wrong on that, though. So do they put the belt on Lashley here? And yet, if you've got Theory going to John Cena at SummerSlam, you don't want to beat Theory here either. Like, you booked yourself into a corner. Good job, WWE. Here's a funny thing. Don't book this crap. Don't book yourself into a corner. You get to tell the story. Um, I'm going Theory here. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Lashley somehow, like, maybe Cena's music hits and it distracts Theory and, and Lashley does take the title because they don't need it, but maybe it is for the U.S. title at SummerSlam. I don't know. Um, I just can't I can't see beating Theory here unless they come up with a way to do it where it doesn't hurt him at all because it's like, well, of course he lost after that. Um, yeah, I think it's Theory. That's that, Theory. Uh, we move on to the Unified Tag Title Match. The Usos defend the Raw and SmackDown or just the Unified titles. This has been weird in our Fantasy Wrestling League. I think the way you scored the Roman thing was we just scored it as one title, and I think that's the right thing to do. It's the way they're treating them, even though their roster page doesn't show that. The way they're treating those belts is this one title. We haven't heard any talk of just defending the Raw tag titles or just the Universal title. We haven't heard that. So um, the Usos defend against the Street Profits. I mean, the Street Profits could win, but who would care? Um, I, I think eventually you've got to get to Montez Ford as a single. I think he's a superstar. He has definitely put on some muscle and is definitely looking more the part. Uh, not that he never looked, not that he didn't look the part earlier, but you can tell he's he's angling. to. He knows what he needs to do to get there. Um, in ring, it's there. Um, he knows what he needed to do maybe for WWE and the way that they like to push people and all of that sort of stuff. Um and I don't think you need to put the tag titles on him to do it. I also don't think if you're going to have them lose the title, the Usos lose the titles, I feel like it's going to be a part of a bigger story with the bloodline losing control or losing titles. Um, and I just don't think Money in the Bank is a place you're going to do that. So I'm going to pick the Usos. This will be a good match. We've seen it 874 times. So, I mean, it's there's not going to be anything new under the sun, but uh, but I think the Usos. 
I'm going to pick the Usos as well. Uh, I, I do think, though, there's a good chance that the Profits could win, and I'll explain why, even though I don't want to deviate from the pick, because I do agree with you. I think there needs to be a bigger story in the Usos losing. But here's why I think that they could lose as part of that story. Two things. Number one, Roman's not here, at least unless he shows up. But he's not. Right. He, I don't believe he's going to be here. I don't think he's announced at all. It's not been advertised. So do the Usos? He's not, or, if they put him on the show without advertising him, they're stupid. Right. Yeah. How, why would you not use him to sell tickets? Um, do the Usos not retain? Do they lose because the head of the table is gone? That could be part of a bigger story. Also, there was a there was a statement or something in the promo with the Prophets and John Cena's interaction on Monday that made me feel like this was the Prophets' time. Like Cena, Cena's words to them. Not that that should be the one that pushes them over the finish line, but that was the that was the that was the what the missing link or the missing knowledge to push them to become the champions. Again, I, going back to the whole theory Lashley thing. No matter what happens. A month later, wins and losses don't matter in WWE, sadly. So, three so days three days later, I mean, yeah, precisely. So, if if the profits were to walk out with the belts, I would, you know, come back and share with you. Yeah. So you you heard you heard me you heard me say it. Um, I don't have enough confidence in that to make that my pick, though. So, Usos. Tom, you get the first pick on the SmackDown Women's Title Match: Ronda Rousey versus Natalia. I don't. Even, I I haven't watched SmackDown in so long. I have no idea why this match is happening. Um, I <laughs> I would like to say I don't care, but that would be a little bit disrespectful. Uh, Ronda Ronda retains. I, I mean, I, Ronda doesn't lose this belt until WrestleMania if she, if if that's when she loses it. Yeah, I. This will be fine. Natalia is good. Ronda. I, I feel like she hasn't looked like she's really cared this whole run much. Um, and she probably doesn't care about this match either, and neither do I. Um, uh, Natalia's good, but they have not positioned her in any way where she should be beating Ronda Rousey at this point. So um, yeah, Rousey's the pick, and I, I just don't even have a lot to say about it. So um, better to just make the pick and, and move on to other things, I think. because um, And I'm not going to have a lot to say about this one either, Tom. The Raw women's title match, Bianca Belair versus Carmella. This was supposed to be Bianca Belair versus Rhea Ripley, which I would have cared about. 8 million times more than I care about this match. Um, but I think actually would have been an interesting one to pick because, well, I don't think you should take the belt off Bel Air. Rhea Ripley's in Judgment Day. They're just kind of getting her going in that. Like, you, beat, you know, that would be interesting to, to beat her at that point, too. Again, we've said wins and losses don't really matter. Unfortunately, Rhea Ripley has had some sort of oral surgery, and she also said a brain injury. So I'm thinking concussion, maybe, from what she said on her Twitter or Instagram somewhere. Um, but Rhea's out. Uh, which is unfortunate right now, especially with Finn Balor just taking over the Judgment Day. They're obviously doing some stuff uh, with he and Damian Priest and, and maybe Dominic Mysterio. Don't. I, I get that you want to do something with Dominic and it's something different, but I don't want Dominic Mysterio on the stinking Judgment Day. Come We're on. finally going to get him to turn on Ray. We've been waiting all I mean, it's only again. been waiting nine years or however long a man's been here. You know Dominic Mysterio is 25 years old? I didn't know that, no. He's 25 years old. So it is about time for them to break him away from his daddy and let the man, you know, he's a grown man, let him take his butt kickings. Um, I, I get, I mean, you could have pulled somebody out of the women's money in the bank ladder match, and, and they had some people in that elimination match, you know, that were in that money in the bank match, so they could have. 
pulled somebody out for this challenge, but you know they went with Carmella. Uh, the only thing I wondered, Carmella was the fill-in for Sasha Banks last SummerSlam, and then it wasn't Carmella. It ended up, of course, being Becky Lynch. Could they do that again? But they never advertised Carmella for that. They're advertising Carmella here, so it is different, I think. Um, but you know, there's the the specter of sometime Bailey comes back in the future. I don't know if she's even close to ready yet, but. Um, you know, could Carmella not be it? And Bailey is here. Man, I would love that match a lot more, even if I didn't know I was getting it. If it's Bianca Belair versus Carmella, Bianca Belair wins. Put a six on it for our, for our confidence points if we were doing that. Or a five after Ronda Rousey. Yeah, no, I know. It's, it's the easiest matches to pick for me on this event are the women's title matches. I just don't know why you would move them. I, 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 again, I've been not to the two they're challenging. No, no, I've been, I've been keeping like an eye on Raw, but not both eyes on Raw. So I didn't know why. And I hadn't, I'd forgotten that Rio had earned the shot uh, until you just said it a few minutes ago. And I didn't know why she transitioned out of it. So now this makes sense. Um, yeah. Bianca's not losing for a while either. So uh, I'm thankful I get to get some picks right. <laughs> right. Get you right out of the gate. Tom, you get the first pick in what, for me, is the hardest pick, match to pick on this show, um, which is the women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Lacey Evans, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Yeah, so I think like we always do when we pick Money in the Bank matches, the question I always ask, maybe you do too, is when, when does the cash-in happen, right? So who, is it someone who's not worthwhile in our eyes perhaps now but six months from now nine months from now they could be uh so that's always the perpetual what if also like does this help make someone even more like a raquel rodriguez or the re newly returned lacey evans uh i would like to call more than lacey uh but those two fit uh shotzi could be also in that space but I, I don't like how they use Shotzi. I think I caught her with Raquel on SmackDown a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, the presentation just, like the way they were, again, week, week by week, it might not matter. But that week I saw it was like, oh, gosh, they're kind of not giving her the shine that they should give her. It comes down to me for this to be Becky Lynch or Asuka. Uh, I, I, a dark horse could be Alexa Bliss but that would be some long-term and that would bring her back up to the level where I think she was a couple of years ago. She probably doesn't need it at all. And she could earn the title shot a different way, but I do think that it would help feed into the character that she's playing. My pick's Becky Lynch. And maybe this is what eventually leads her to cashing in on Rhonda or maybe Bianca. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I do think the prop of the Money in the Bank briefcase with a Becky Lynch persona is the right way to go. Yeah, I so so here's a, you know how long do they hold it? You mentioned that when's the cash in? So I had heard something about this, so I just pulled it up so that I could reference it. Uh, since 2017, which was the first women's Money in the Bank uh, ladder match, that was the one that uh, James Ellsworth actually won. Uh, and then was stripped, and a few days later, Carmella ends up winning it. And so once she actually won it, she held the contract for 287 days. 
67, 87. It's an eight. I'm getting old. Uh, 287 days before she cashed it in. So that was in 2017. Since then, in 2018, Alexa Bliss held the contract for two hours and 52 minutes. 2019, Bailey held the, held the contract for one hour and 25 minutes before she cashed it in. 2020, Asuka held the title for basically a day. Because she opened it and she had a title inside. Right. 2020, that was 2020, I'm sorry, 2021, Nikki ASH held the contract for a day. Wow. That's, look at, look at. 2017, women's right. Look at the the research now. I heard that on a fight poll, I heard something about it, so I was like, I need to reference this because you brought up it's a great point. The men, on the other hand, you know, Biggie had it for 57 days, The Miz had it for 119, um, and that was after Otis had it for 193, uh, Lesnar had it for 56, Braun Strowman had it for 70, you know, so there have been longer cash ins on the guy's side in that time frame. Um, I, I come down to three on this. Uh, originally, when she qualified, I thought Lacey Evans had a shot. I don't think that uh, I just don't, don't see that. Uh, I thought maybe they were going to and, and put the money in the bank on her. They still could, but I don't think so. Alexa, I'm with you. I would love it, but they got to rebuild her some. Um, and she hasn't been around. Raquel, her time will come. Uh, Shotzi, I'm glad she's in there. She's probably going to do something fun. Um, but it comes down to Becky Lynch, Asuka, and Liv Morgan for me. I think Liv Morgan is the dark horse. They've had start-stop builds with her over the last long time. Um, so if somebody that's not already kind of at the top of the card, which I would call Asuka and Becky, the two that are at the top of the card in this match, um, were to win it to help make them, I feel like Liv would be the right one to do that with. Um, but but I'm with you. I, I just don't... Like, in a ladder match, of course, they can do any sort of creative way to put it on somebody else, but I just don't see it being... The only reason I would not have Becky win it is because Becky keeps, like, her whole story of trying to qualify for Money in the Bank, and she kept getting, you know, waylaid. Um, But she finally made it, and and so I feel like that was the story, getting into Money in the Bank. So I feel like she's already completed that story. Now I think you put it on her, and we get some killer promos about when she, you know, when you least expect it, I'm going to be coming for you, and and that sort of thing. And maybe she holds it actually for a while and doesn't do the one-day cash-in like every other women's money in the bank has. And we build towards something. So uh, so I'm with you on that. Um, Becky is also my pick for the women's uh, match. And uh, then we go to... I almost wrote Tom instead of my pick. <laughs> the men's. So I think you're winning the men's money in the bank ladder match. Uh, it's getting late. So um, apparently my head's not working. Men's Money in the Bank ladder match, Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Sheamus, almost, God, um, Sami Zayn, and Riddle. Uh, and somebody to be added was supposed to be a Kevin Owens-Ezekiel match on Monday. That didn't happen. Owens wasn't there for some reason. Uh, I did love that Owens said on Twitter, because I hate Texas and I didn't want to go to Texas. thought that was great. Whatever the reason is that Owens couldn't be there, I thought that was a great in-character response, basically telling everybody to shut up and giving a really good reason why he was um, I, I hope everything's okay with Kevin Owens, uh, you know, whatever's going on. Uh, I hope it was, was nothing serious in any way, whatever that thing was that stopped him. Maybe he's able to work Friday, so maybe they just do the match here on SmackDown on Friday, or maybe they do uh, some other thing to fill this last spot. 
Or maybe they just go with six in the match, too. It's WWE. Who knows who, you know, I don't think they care half the time. Maybe Vince puts himself in the money in the bank because he's just stroking his ego every chance he gets lately. Um, if he does that, we might not be picking WWE shows anymore. Uh, <laughs> why do I even say these things? Because now something happens, and then I'm like, I put it into the universe. Um, this one's a little more star-studded for me. Uh, Rollins, I could see winning it. McIntyre, I could see winning it. Sheamus is just always there, and I feel like he could win Money in the Bank at any point, and that would make some sense. Uh, Riddle, I think, could win Money in the Bank at some point, get another you know shot. Uh, I mean, Vince loves him some almost, but I, I don't see that. I think almost in there to do a couple of cool power spots and then get probably he's the guy that gets put through a table by everybody else in the match, and then we don't have to watch him anymore. Um, and Sami Zayn's in there to just be Sami Zayn and, and amazing in a ladder match. This this should be good as long as it almost doesn't do a whole lot and stays out of the way. Um, but uh, I, I'm going with the Adam Cole, Britt Baker, both winning the Owen uh, Cups. I'm going with the power couple in WWE. I'm going Seth Rollins. I think Seth freaking Rollins, I'm sorry to use his proper name, uh, winning the Money in the Bank and eventually winning a title or the title for then Cody Rhodes to win the Royal Rumble, and we get back to Cody and Seth at WrestleMania for the title, which is the only way it makes sense for me that I care to see Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins again, makes a ton of sense. So I think it's Seth. And I think Seth in his current character, carrying around that money in the bank briefcase and as maniacal and crazy and weird as he is, with his, I think it'd be pretty entertaining. Yeah, I love that idea a lot. It's not my pick though. Uh, McIntyre, Ooh, we get a difference. Okay. Yeah, McIntyre. Um, it seems like he's already destined for Roman without having to earn a title shot per se. So I wonder what happens here. Maybe the issue between he and Sheamus. Who they started they to write McIntyre. Fight. I thought that's who you were picking, and I'm like, yeah. wait, I don't think that's what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So I feel like Drew McIntyre is already going to get a shot. So him winning the briefcase kind of becomes moot. Um, Sheamus has been around for so long. Like I understand why he's here, but I also feel like he's cycled through enough that like it's you're recycling him um which is unfortunate right like just, i don't think he deserves that but that's the way it feels um almost your point is well taken and well stated he's here for kind of big spots and vince loves the guy why i don't know um sammy, yeah, sammy zan will be fun tba ezekiel would make a lot of sense not winning though Kevin Owens could make a lot of sense if they end up giving us that as a as a kind of make good, but as a kind of a follow through on what was going to happen on Monday. Man, if it's somebody on SmackDown, I'm having a hard time thinking who it could be. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Could you put Gunther in there? I suppose. Like, I don't need. I love Gunther, but I don't. I don't. Don't put him in there when he's not going to win it. Like, if Gunther goes into a Money in the Bank, I want him to win Money in the Bank. And, And furthermore, like. I, I don't think you can name other guys outside of what you just named there because there was already that kind of a last chance battle royal, right? The, how how Riddle earned his spot in, uh, and and right. because now you get a last last chance battle royal, yeah, like the, the real last chance. Um, T bar. I, I I think this is Riddle's opportunity, and I think yep. I think it's a storyline, a good storyline opportunity here because having having lost to Roman on SmackDown a few weeks ago. And the stipulation of never being able to challenge, well, that stipulation gets nullified. Not that I want them to undo stories. I like steps like that. But Riddle then having a chance in his back pocket, I think it fits with, you know, um, 
uh, like bro in the bank, right? Is you know that that could be a lot of fun, and and this gives Riddle to something to sink his teeth into with Randy Orton being gone, and maybe Randy Orton comes back, and we do eventually get the turn that we've been waiting for all this time. And Randy Orton is first, Dominic or Randy Orton. <laughs> Randy Orton is something that, that Riddle, even though he has the briefcase, consumes him, so he's not focused, and he can hold on to the, the briefcase and eventually cash in whether he wins or not. That's you know a moot point. Um, so so Riddle's my choice. I just thought of an interesting way they could do that, actually, Tom. So what if Riddle wins? I like your idea. Um, and, and Riddle would be my second choice. So Seth's been my pick, but Riddle would be my second. So I think that's a very good pick for you. I won't be stunned at all if you're right on it. Well, what if Riddle wins and they say, no, you already lost the chance to challenge Roman Reigns for the title. So you can hold that money in the bank contract as long as you want, but it's null and void until Roman Reigns loses the world title. And so then Riddle is trying every time Roman Reigns is defending that title, he's trying to help the other guy beat him. He tries to help Brock at SummerSlam and he tries to help whoever so that that person can win so that Riddle then has the money in the bank opportunity. That could be an interesting story either way, whether it's he now has the shot that he couldn't have anymore because of the money in the bank, or he has to be the one to help somebody else beat Roman. He can't beat Roman. He has to help somebody else beat Roman so that he can chance and then probably lose. I would have him lose that money in the bank cash. And honestly, um, if you do that, just because then it tells the story of, no, it's got to be Roman who he beats. I'm going long-term story. I don't know why I'm trying to make WWE do that because they ain't like they're going to do it. But, you know. Um, in, in 90 seconds, you gave more thought and more concrete, uh, like, storytelling and, 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 and creative creative mindset to, to this than I, what I think we're going to get. I hope I'm wrong. Again, I, I, I hate when we bash WWE because that's not what we're here to do. Sometimes they make it so easy, though. So there's a piece of me, and I, again, I know I joked about Vince, but I would hate that more than this, but only slightly. There's a part of me that wouldn't be shocked to see Brock Lesnar end up in this match and Brock Lesnar win the money in the bank, even though he's already got a title shot at SummerSlam, like because it would make absolutely no sense to do it. But that's exactly what you're saying about WWE goes, Well, we don't know what else to do, put it on Brock. Um, you know, like I don't know. It could happen. I hope not. Because that would just be stupid. He doesn't need it. He already got the match. Uh, well, there we have it. So six matches. We do have the one difference. You have Riddle. I have Seth. I think they're two, both good picks. Two differences. Lashley theory. You ended up picking Lashley to win the match. Yep. I wrote that down wrong. I apologize. Because, but you don't think he's going to win the title, even though that's not... We don't pick that way. So whether Lashley wins the title or not, you do have Lashley winning the match. Yep. Yep. Sorry, I had that wrong. Two two differences then. Um, I, I misunderstood or wrote it down wrong, one of the two. Probably both, actually. Um, <laughs> well, we will be back. Dot dot dot. Um that is true. We yeah. will be this is not the last episode. This is not the last. We're in 93. We will make a hundred and more than that. Um, we just don't know exactly when we'll have 94. Um, so it could be later in July, it could be into August. But we'll get back to this. Either way, stay tuned to our Twitter at Two Spot Monkeys and Facebook, uh, Two Spot Monkeys on Facebook, Two Spot Monkeys Live, perhaps. Uh, Two Spot Monkeys. Anyway, search Two Spot Monkeys. We're the only one out there. Um, we'll, I'll, we'll try to keep it posted. I post on those, so I don't post a ton on them. But I'll try to do more 
uh, especially here in this little, little below while we're down. Uh, and we'll keep you posted on when we're planning to record next. Uh, we will keep you up to date on our, our records after this. I will tweet those out uh, as well after Money in the Bank, after we get a chance to see it. Um, I'll make sure that Tom's seen it as well so that he doesn't accidentally on Twitter find out how he did without having seen the show. Um, make sure we've both seen it. But uh, this is a blast. We love doing this. So we we will be back in a little bit. Uh, it's just a matter of July is a weird month for, for life. For and us. I'm glad you said that now because a weird month is the right way to say it. And it's also a busy month. But uh, when, you, when you started this episode and you said, you said something about the month of July and it was almost like it was, I think you said it was a bad month. That oh. isn't bad. That isn't the right term. Right, right, right. It, it's a, it's bad a, schedule wise would have been all I would have meant by that. Yeah. 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 Like July's an awesome month. Like we're about to celebrate Independence Day. We're about to get money in the bank. We're going to get Ring of Honor's return to pay-per-view. Uh, we're going to both get, we're going to both get tans. Um, I mean, when you, here's what we're coming back in August or late July Two bronze monkeys. Two bronze monkeys. Love it. Love it. Don't watch us on YouTube because that might not be true. We might be too pasty monkeys still by then. Here, here's the thing. What if what if what if the next six months of pickums, the winner has to get a spray tan or the loser has to get a spray tan? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> on that note, uh, we have both hit the uh, hour of delirium, I think, in our own thinking and talking. Uh, everybody be safe. Have a great uh, 4th of July. Have a great month of July if we don't get a chance to talk to you throughout the month. Uh, but hit us up on Twitter if you got any questions or anything you want to talk about or anything. We're we're interactive. We like to talk to people. Um, that's why we do this after all. So um, hit us up and uh, we'll be back soon uh, with who knows what by the time. I mean, the way this world of crazy wrestling is gone, we could be talking about anything the next time we get together and chat. So, uh, Stay safe, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Take care.